Praise God. Isaiah chapter 38, if you have your Bibles, that which is good or what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And the word of the Lord came to Isaiah saying, Go and tell Hezekiah, Thus says the Lord, the God of your, the God of David your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Surely I will add to your days 15 years. I will deliver you in this city from the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend the city. And this is the sign to you from the Lord that the Lord will do this thing which he has spoken. Behold, I will bring the shadow on the sundial which has gone down with the sun on the sundial of Ahaz, 10 degrees backward. So the sun returned 10 degrees on the dial by which it had gone down. This is the writing of Hezekiah, king of Judah, when he had been sick and had recovered from his sickness. I said, in the prime of my life, I shall go to the gates of Sheol, or the place of the dead. I am deprived of the remainder of my years. I said, I shall not see God or Yahweh, the Lord in the land of the living. I shall observe man no more among the inhabitants of the world. My lifespan is gone, taken from me like a shepherd's tent. I have cut off my life like a weaver. He cuts me off from the loom. From day until night, you make an end of me. I have considered until morning, like a lion, so he breaks all my bones. From day until night, you make an end of me. Like a crane or a swallow, so I chattered. I mourned like a dove. My eyes fell from looking upward. Oh Lord, I am oppressed. Undertake for me. What shall I say? He has both spoken to me and he himself has done it. I shall walk carefully all my years in the bitterness of my soul. O Lord, by these things men live. And in all these things is the life of my spirit. So you will restore me and make me live. Indeed, it was for my own peace that I had great bitterness. But you have lovingly delivered my soul from the pit of corruption. For you have cast all my sins behind your back. For Sheol cannot thank you. Death cannot praise you. Those who go down to the pit cannot hope for your truth. The living, the living man, he shall praise you as I do this day. The Father shall make known your truth to the children. The Lord was ready to save me. Therefore, we will sing my songs with stringed instruments all the days of our life in the house of the Lord. Now Isaiah had said, let them take a lump of figs and apply it as a poultice on the boil and he shall recover. And Hezekiah said, what is the sign that I should go up to the house of the Lord? Hezekiah went through this end of life declaration that was from the Lord, a pronouncement that his life was going to be over. And he was instructed by the Lord through the prophet to set his house in order or get ready to meet God. 
And what he did was, he knew that God could get his heart in a position where he can change the outcome. That's a very, very important, blessed thing to note for all of God's people, that we can actually change the course of our future, of our destiny, of our families, if we draw near to God. And Hezekiah, what he did was he turned his face to the wall. What does that signify? He basically shut out everything, every noise, every commotion, every title, every position, every pleasure. He just totally separated himself to face the living God. He had one person that he thought about that he needed to connect with. That was the living God. Anytime there's a crisis, God can use that crisis to really strip us bare of all of those things that crowd our lives from really connecting with him. Where we are existing, we are living, yet not living. Life is when we're connected to the vine and there's a free flow of God's life going into our lives and we are living in the Spirit with the fruit of the Spirit, one quality of which is peace. Hezekiah had a crisis and he was just falling apart. He just heard the pronouncement from God through the prophet that it's time for you to come home. In him, still, there was a desire to live longer, and he was a good king. And so he wasn't thinking about, if God gives me another year, another few years, I'll start thinking about pleasing myself, travel the world, enjoy the world a little more, be with my friends. After all, if tomorrow we die then let's drink, let's eat, be merry, as Paul said later, quoting the heathen's outlook on life. But Hezekiah had a relationship with God. He had a close fellowship with God. He had seen God's hand in his life. He was a good king. And because he had that kind of fellowship with God, he cultivated that closeness with God. He didn't let things get to his head where he thought that he was in control. He had a habit of turning to the Lord consistently. So when this storm hit all of a sudden, full force, that he's going to be separated from his family, he's going to be separated from this world, everything that he knew. He turned to the wall and cried out to the Lord with everything that was within him. God cannot be forced to alter his perfect will. However, within his pronouncements to the Bible and to our lives, he gives room for us to adjust ourselves so that we don't fall victim to a premature death, unfinished business for the kingdom of God. But Jesus is the one who said, I came to give you a full life, an abundant life. So we can take that from Hezekiah's life, that we can also turn to the Lord. 
where we are utterly broken, we say, Lord, I can see that the value of this physical life, the value of doing things and getting things and enjoying this world and being with friends, all of that becomes obscured and almost vanity because eternity is where I'm really being prepared for. But if I have that outlook like Hezekiah, when I'm under the pressure, especially when it comes to life and death, and all of a sudden life really takes on a whole new perspective, it becomes precious. As uh, kings and queens were recorded in years past in various lands, who on their deathbeds, what they asked for was not more gold, more of the best food. They didn't ask for more of whatever, but they asked for one thing. These are the worldly kings and queens. They said, what I wouldn't give for one more hour to live. When they were dying, they said that. Because their entire lives were built upon this world and what people think about me, what I can get, how I feel, how I can make myself feel good. And in one second, all of that was going to leave them and they're going to leave that. But for Hezekiah, he was a faithful king. He was a man who feared the Lord. He knew that his life and his eternity is in the hands of the living God. Everything came to perspective. And he didn't waste even a second. He didn't call up people and he didn't start to go through the internet and think about what's this boil? You know, how can I handle this? And where are the best doctors? The first thing he did was, and in fact, the only thing he did, because God is the great physician, he said, I am the Lord that healeth you. Both in Exodus and Deuteronomy, he says, whatever diseases are coming upon your enemies, I will not put on you if you listen to my voice and you pay attention to my commandments and walk in them. God gave these promises. Hezekiah knew them. He knew the law. Instantly, when a crisis hit, instead of turning to himself or other human beings or to the information superhighway, he turned to God and he just let all of his heart pour out in God's presence. And God heard him and the same prophet Isaiah turned right about face and went and told him, this is what God says now. 15 years added to your life. And then Hezekiah recollected how from the moment he knew he was dying, he was near death. The moment the message came from God that it's over, he had these emotions and it's a very difficult place to be in. Even just thinking about our own transition from this life to the next, if we're not prepared spiritually. Because if the world is in my life, then my thoughts will immediately go to the family I'll miss, the friends I'll miss. And in a larger scale, in a hospital room, or in the confines of one's own home, or on the street, it's a very real thing where we may start thinking, you know what, the trees that I see, the rooms and the furniture and the familiar sights, everything's going to go. And then that cynicism comes in from the enemy, the taunting from the enemy, 
What good is it anyway? Even if you did ministry. Now your ministry is over. Everything is over. And you're going to go and stand before your creator. In Ecclesiastes 12, it says this. Remember now your creator in the days of your youth. Before the troublesome times, the troubled days come. It's the word of wisdom. As I'm able to breathe, when I think in relative position, it's important to do that. If I complain because what I ordered on Amazon didn't show up the time I wanted to show up, all I have to do is step back and think, what about the people who don't even have the ability to get anything? They're poor. And what about the people who have all the money in the world, but they cannot enjoy what they buy? These kind of thoughts help us to see in perspective that we have so much from the Lord. We don't have a second to waste, but we have to redeem the time. So a lifetime could be kind of in a semi-fellowship uh, or relationship with God. But God says now it's time, like Hezekiah, to put your entire stock in the word and the voice of the living God, in Him. Because we don't know when our time will be up. And not everyone gets an opportunity like Hezekiah to have a prophet or to have that intimation from God that I'm right with you. I've seen your tears. That's what he said. I've seen your tears. Instantly he answered. Why? Because Hezekiah was very close with God. While we are healthy or according to the measure of health that we have and the faculties that are working, we need to bank all of those things, put all that stock into God and His Word and His kingdom. On the one hand, people think about the world, the pandemic, the global crises, other things happening. They think about the nations at war, gas prices going up, and so many things to consider what Jesus would term the cares of this world. We have to take all of those things also. And put it right before the Lord and say, Lord, but I have your peace. Lord, but I have your promise. Nothing can shake me. No matter what happens out there, I have internal rest. Because I'm walking with you. I'm obeying your voice. On the one hand, people talk about doomsday and how the world is going from bad to worse. And we can't be too far from the end. On the other hand, it's very important to note this. Even if the world will last another 100, 500 years, whatever. Our lifespans are much shorter. And we may be required to leave this world and we won't even have to think about when it's going to end because for us, we'll be facing the living God. The Lord has underscored in Isaiah 38 the good news that when we're faced with a critical situation in our lives, when we are at our wit's end, like Hezekiah, we should not resort to our own selves or to other human beings. Go directly to God. Pour out your heart before God. Lord, when my heart is overwhelmed within me, lead me to the place that's higher than I, David says in the Psalms. Lead me, Lord, to fellowship with you. Lead me, Lord, to know you and your character, that your commitment, your character, Lord, doesn't change. And you've been working in my life. Now is the opportunity to show, not that I have made it through, 
that I'm number one, excuse me, that I have persevered and my faith has seen me through and stomp and shout and tell everybody in the world and come celebrate with me. We need to say, Lord, it's because of your beautiful character. You're so merciful and kind. You have heard my cry. And the reason you've prolonged my life, it goes for every one of us. God has measured everybody's life. And every moment that he has allotted to us, he expects us to use it for his glory. Hezekiah had that kind of relationship with God. Even though he was a king, he had everything at his disposal. Like David before him, his father, in the ancestral line of the King David, of King David, he was able to take the cares of the world, things concerning warfare and administration, his kingdom, and his own family. These kings had large families. He was able to take all of that and never let that crowd out God's position in his life. The cares of life, the crisis that we face, God is speaking to us and telling us, don't let that become the big issue in your life more than your heart before me. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks and also out of the heart issue, all the decisions in this life, all the things that pertain to this life. If my heart is right, even if there's trouble from within or without. The Lord says in Matthew 7, that storm that comes to batter my life, that bad news from the doctor, that bad news from the business, the bad news from the family. How do I juggle all of this? Some people resort to drinking coffee. They say, I can't take this. And Christians, I think I better watch a movie. You know why? The anxiety has not been dealt with spiritually. The personality is still half with the world and half with God. And so the confidence is not there in the word of God, in the promises of God. But if we take an inventory of ourselves today and say, Lord, I want to be like Hezekiah, where when I cry to you, Lord, I know that you're going to hear me and I know that you're going to answer me and you will deliver me from whatever the enemy throws at me. God is faithful. The word of God causes our faith to develop and our confidence in God grows. When other believers see your lives, they're not going to see shallowness. They're not going to see emotionalism. They're not going to see immaturity where you're up and down, up and down, and they themselves get more off balance by watching you. But if we know the Lord and we say, Lord, I need to spend a good amount of time every day. That's what Hezekiah did. That's why during the moment of crisis, he was able to connect with God and get that answer. God blessed him. God gave him peace. God gave him help. He told Isaiah, go tell Hezekiah, my servant, take that poultice of figs and take that as an ointment and put it on the boil. It wasn't that remedy that cured him or saved his life. It was the word from God that healed him. However, just like Jesus told the lepers, just like he told the man that he healed with the blindness, certain instructions are given all through the Bible. He told Moses, take that branch, that tree, and throw it into the water where it's bitter. He told Elisha, do similar things. 
so many instructions. We think, well, if God can just do that, why bother with these minor, trivial things? Because God instructed us. The moment we say, Lord, whatever you tell me to do, if I'm going north and you say go south, no questions asked, I'm going south. Lord, if I'm going south and you say go north, no questions asked, I'm going north. And not reluctantly, not with a burden and not with doubts and fears, but to the point where I say, Lord, you are perfect and you love me. And I need to be hearing everything you tell me because you mean to build my life, to be a beautiful testimony. I may have spent 40, 50 years living apart from God or living in a fellowship with God, knowing about God, but never really having that concrete foundation where I'm not jumpy. I'm not moved by the storms, but there's a consistent, mature walk where God's presence is my life, and I know how to help other people connect with God too, especially when they're in a crisis. To develop that, we need to take a realistic inventory of our spiritual life and say, Lord, can you make me like Hezekiah? Where even though I can go through the gamut of human emotion when a crisis hits, and I feel so worn out, we're human, we're frail. But then that power comes in from heaven because there's a connection all along. May the Lord help us to keep that fresh in our minds today. Even in the face of death, we have a living God who does miracles. He hasn't stopped doing miracles. If we can connect with him and say, Lord, what are the things in my life that Satan has cleverly brought in, even amusements, even increase, even more good times with people, good people. All of these things can come and crowd the very thing we need when we face eternity, like Hezekiah did. Nothing mattered. His sons couldn't help him. His daughters couldn't help him. His wives couldn't help him. They had multiple wives at that time, as you know. None of his wealth could help him. Nothing. Nothing. He was about to meet his creator. But he had that living, vibrant fellowship with God that he knew where to turn to. And he had a living faith where he got the answer. The deliverance came. May the Lord help us to really say, God, in relation to an Old Testament figure like Hezekiah, I have so much today. I have the blood of Jesus that has washed me at the conscience level, made me born again. And I have the Holy Spirit to live with me and to be my comforter and guide into all truth. I have the power of prayer to connect with you, Lord, that you can take a tornado and turn it about face and send it away. You can take a deadly situation. You can come and command death to leave. We've seen all of that in the church. Lord, you can come through a marriage crisis where everything seems to be falling apart. We've heard many people who experience miracles in that. And the thing is, when all of the Legal things don't seem to work. All of the changes in my own approach to marriage don't seem to work from a human standpoint. All the counsel, all the psychology, all of the money, all of the travel, all of the food and the wine and the dining, all of the gifts, nothing seems to fix the marriage because it's a spiritual problem, first of all. Just like our relationship with the Lord is a spiritual relationship, so it is with a man and woman. 
when they're married. And God who created marriage knows the devil will try to dissolve and intervene to destroy what God has created. If we do like Hezekiah and say, Lord, I'm done. I'm done trying to figure things out in my life, whether marriage or business. I just can't seem to get into the other person's head to make them see. And they seem to be complaining. They just can't seem to get into my head to make me see their way. Wonder of wonders. When a person, even one person in the marriage, turns to the wall, so to speak, turns to Hezekiah, it turns to God like Hezekiah, and cries out to God and says, Lord, I believe. I believe that nothing is impossible for you. What I need is a connection with you, Lord. I need you to help me, Lord. And Lord, I'm willing to do whatever you say. There are people, and as I close this part of the service here, who will be in a predicament, and God will graciously send someone to give them hope. And all of a sudden, the people who say, well, I have nothing else to lose, I'm going to try this. Hope starts to come in. It starts getting a little brighter and brighter. But then, instructions are given from God on what to do. There comes a failure for many people. They start getting happy. They get hope. But when the instructions are given, either they despise and think, how could this possibly work? How could you take a poultice of figs and cure an incurable disease? Because God said so. God can do whatever He wants. And He loves us. And He sees whether we'll obey. When we follow the instructions and we do it all the way, like Naaman did, seven times, we will see the miracle. So today we've heard, no situation is beyond the living God's power. No situation is beyond His love. God cares for me. God cares for you. He cares for our families. He doesn't want us to struggle in that area which matters the most, which is in our soul. Even when the storms come from without, God says, you can be like Jesus, be able to be stable, full of God's peace, full of God's power. We can cry out to God, and because we've been walking with God, obeying His voice, when we pray, He'll hear us, and He'll show His glory. You know what? Through your life, when one person in a church or in a Christian community sees one person, that is, when people see one person really connect with God, really love God, really have power with God, it brings hope to a whole community who've been reading the Bible, praying, worshiping, doing all kinds of things, but they just don't have that close connection with God. They don't have faith. But your life can be a testimony where you can say, you know what? I abandon everything. I abandon money. I abandon relationships. I abandon everything in this world so that I can get the best. And then God comes in. He blessed my family. He blessed my business. He really gave me the eyes to see reality in eternity. And also, through you, God can save many people who work side by side with you. You may be born again. And you may be sitting right next to a cubicle in the office. You may be right next to another person in a classroom. 
you know what? That unity that's there spatially is going to diverge radically in just a few short years where one will go to heaven, one will go to hell. That time that we have with people, wherever we are, whether family, friends, on the job, you think, you know what? They don't want to hear about Jesus. They don't want to hear about religion. If you're filled with the Spirit, God will create a need so they can get saved. And they'll know they need to come to you to find out how to connect with Jesus. That's the power of the human life when God is in it. The opposite of that is having to stand before God, even if you're born again. Say, Lord, I just let so many people go to hell because I was so into me and feared people and wanted to please them rather than fear you and please you. Lord, as of this day, I want to make a radical shift. I can't afford to miss eternity. I can't afford to miss your plan for my life that is so full of abundance. And I can't let my family or my friends or my colleagues go to hell without even feeling anything. Lord, you've given me life so I can give it also. Through me, Lord, flow freely. Praise God. Let's pray. Esker was going to come now and uh, probably worship and go further into the word. Father, we thank you. Oh, Lord, I thank you. Father, I know the times of my life, Lord, when all hope is gone. Fear just came. Lord, or even at the height of enjoying things, Lord, whether on a boat, on a sunny day, Lord, enjoying the waves and fishing and all kind of things, kinds of things. Or in a picnic, Lord, an excursion, travel. Lord, being at a restaurant, Lord, or being in front of the computer and learning new things and Lord, getting degrees and, Lord, trying to have a good life. I knew deep inside my soul, as many of us do, all of this is going to pass away faster than we know. Only one thing will remain, our relationship with you, Lord, to live with you, to love you, to have your love, and to be a bright light in this world before our time is over. And thank you, Lord, that every day is a gift. Many, many people say that, Lord. Even unbelievers say that. I take each day as a gift. I get off on the right side of the bed, and I make sure I thank God. But, Lord, they don't acknowledge you as God in their actions. Father, I pray that our words will line up with our decisions every day, Lord, that we can have that consistency and Lord, that integrity that Hezekiah had. He was able to pray to you and say, Lord, you know I have integrity. You know I've been loyal to you. Father, I thank you that even if we've had a a lifestyle of just defying you, Lord, even in a nice way, defying God, Lord, that we can turn that around today. Father, I need you. Not just to deliver me from a fix, but I need you, Lord, to know your love because everything else is vanity, ultimately. I don't want to be caught in that cycle that humanity humanity has been under, generation after generation, even our own parents, our own siblings, to live, to eat, drink, be merry and die. Think that there'll be a place of no consciousness, Just go to sleep. Lord, I thank you for reminding us you are the Almighty God in every person's life 
is in your hands and we all will have to stand before you one day. And I thank you, Lord, that we have a wonderful alternative, Lord, to the vanity that's in this world. We can live in this world. We can use the things you give us in this world. Be happy, not be morbid, not be solemn with no joy, Lord, and not be cynical, Lord, not be fragmented in our personality, knowing that we have problems and how to adjust to different people. And Lord, but we can have that closeness with you. We can be led by the Holy Spirit to know what to say to everybody that's around us. Most importantly, we can know how to talk to you, Lord, to hear from you and receive your answers to every problem. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for your holy word. I pray that everyone, Lord, will make application of whatever you've spoken. They'll be complete, not 360, but 180 degree turn, about face, to say, I will serve the Lord and love him because he first loved me. We thank you, Lord, through Jesus Christ, through whose blood we've been born again. I thank and praise you in Jesus' mighty name.